Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And my name is Ethan. You can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. This one might be a little difficult. Give me a 26. Uh, besides Ricky Bobby, no, yeah, that don't count. That's yeah. awful. Uh, I'm gonna say Jamie McMurray. <laughs> okay, okay, another a Roush car. I was thinking you were gonna go Johnny Benson because I thought that was wasn't that right when you started watching when Johnny Benson was there in the 26. Um, not exactly. I remember Johnny Benson in the number 10 Valvoline, Valvoline, uh, Pontiac. Yeah, that happened right after that, right after 26. Because I think that was like this first, the first five-car team that Roush had. Johnny Benson was part of the Cheerios, I think. Cheerios 26. Oh, really? Okay. But I say Brett Bodine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's my that's my childhood. Heck, yeah. The Quaker State car. And I liked it before they added all the crazy decals on the side of it, when it was just plain green and white on the bottom. Like Ricky Rudd drove it. Yeah. Like in the late 80s. That's my favorite quaker state car i don't like it when they put the gold and stuff down the side i don't know it just it muddied it up i like simple paint jobs sometimes for sure so dude this past week we've had a lot of junk happen yes that's i mean right off the bat i know it's not the most newsworthy thing but it is to me because i'm personally a big fan of this group dodge has stalled with their talks with nascar they were going to come in pretty soon I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but I've heard for a while they were talking about coming in with Stuart Haas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Brad Kozlowski even went on record saying that he would do anything he could to help them come back into the sport. And it stalled. The talk stalled. I just, man, I want Dodge and NASCAR so bad. They they had that charger, that next-gen charger, not next-gen, but the last generation, was it Gen 7 or Gen yeah. 6? Uh, Whatever yeah. the last car was. Gen 6. Yeah. Right when they were introducing that new body style, they had a Charger prototype ready to go. Yes, they did. And it was beautiful. I loved it because I, I love the Charger personally. And this to know that if they had stayed with it, they would have uh, adapted that car to the current look of the car where the nose wasn't didn't have those angled headlights, but it actually had that slick front end that it has now. Yeah. Man, that car would have looked good, but uh, that's so aggravating. I don't, I don't know what car they were. I think it stalled because they're getting rid of the Charger and the Challenger. 
2024. Oh, are like, they? Yeah, 2023 is going to be the last year. Oh, wow. I, I That blows my mind. Because I've as many Chargers and Challengers I see out there, and they're just going to drop them, that blows my mind. They're going yeah. to an all-electric uh, muscle car. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's going to have that synthetic sound to make it sound like it's actually a car. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's unfortunate for sure. Isn't it? The computer's, the computer's giving you that uh, Hemi Hellcat sound. Yeah. Not the actual Hemi Hellcat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? What are we doing? Oh, that's, that's it too bad. That would have been, that would have been really fun. But you know what? That means my charge is going to be collector's item. That's right. Um, Tyler Reddick, it happened exactly the way we thought it was going to happen. For sure. Tyler Reddick's contract got bought out by 2311. That's exactly what we said was going to happen, man. Yeah, I mean, to the surprise of nobody, uh, that's exactly what happened. And I mean, how miserable would Tyler Reddick have been in 2023 mm-hmm. if that if RCR actually did keep him for one season? Oh man, that'd have been just the waste, the the biggest waste. And you know, Kyle Busch is sitting there just watching that eight car outrun him every week, and he's like, "One more, just just three three more races, three more races, three more races." <laughs> yep. Um, but coming off of that, we kind of thought that this would happen too. Kurt Busch has a press conference tomorrow. Tomorrow now, morning. This is Friday that we're recording this, and I'm going to have this podcast up by Saturday morning. He has a press conference. Basically, when you're listening to this, he has a press conference today. Whether it happened or not already, I don't know. But he's having a press conference today at his home track in Las Vegas. Yes. What you think it's going to be? So when I initially heard this, I don't know why, but I immediately went to, okay, he's announcing that he's going to come back to the the car next, you know, next year or something. Uh, I don't know why I went directly to that, but it Even sounds after hearing about Reddick. Yeah. So after I heard about Reddick, I was like, oh, maybe he's announcing his retirement. That's what I think it's going to be. I mean, I think everybody's the fact that he's doing it at his home track. He didn't do it last week. Right. Or he's not going to wait until after the season. He's going to wait and do it in front of his home crowd, like in his, his home area. Kind of makes me think that he's done. Yeah. And if that's, if that's true, then I'm going to be really happy because I was there in person to watch his Mm -hmm. final cup race win. Yeah. His final win. Yep. You get you get to see Kurt Busch's final win. I got to see Dale Jarrett's final win. That's pretty cool stuff. That is really cool stuff. Both champions. Both NASCAR Cup champions. Um yeah. I <laughs> the the Kurt Busch deal, when he goes, that is the last connection on track to Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. And from that point on, from that race on, the entire field would be different. Oh yeah, for sure. Isn't that weird? Is it? I mean, is it a dawning of a new era? I, I, I want to say that's already kind of happened, but this is like, it's the last remnants of right. that era just going away. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the dawning has already happened, but any trace of it before is now gone. 
if right. Kurt Busch does retire today, you know, as we're recording this, it'll be, you know, tomorrow. But if he does do that, then yeah, it's crazy to think about. It's like the first time I don't, I don't remember what race it was, but it's like the first time there wasn't a Petty or an Earnhardt in the field. Right. Like there was a race like that somewhere where there wasn't a Petty or an Earnhardt. And there was a race somewhere. It was like the first time in years, like 30, 40 years or something like that, where there wasn't a Petty or an Earnhardt in the field at the same time. Right. Or just at any of them in the field. It's going to be like that. It's going to be weird to ha not have that connection to the 2001 Daytona 500. Because that was, that wasn't his first race. I don't think, I don't think no. it was his first cup race, but it was this rookie season. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause he had, uh, I mean, he started in the 97 John Deere Ford. Yeah, he did at the end of the 99. year. 99. Yeah. Like 99. I thought it might be 2000 since that might, was 2001. Yeah, that's true. One of those. I remember I just recently saw that picture and I thought, Oh, I totally forgot about that. Mm -hmm. So, we got a couple of video game things before we get to the Robo. We got a couple of video game things. We're both anticipating the uh, NASCAR Heat 5 next-gen yes. update. So it's been pushed back yes. a little bit, but it doesn't sound like it's being pushed back for bad reasons. Right, exactly. So I'm not worried about it at all. I'm, I'm not concerned about it at all. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm more excited about it now because now they, they're looking at it and they're like, well, we could do this to make it better. We could do this to make it better. Right. Oh, it's too expensive though. Like, let's rub it down to ten bucks instead of thirteen dollars. Yeah. Like, cool. I'm more excited about it now. Yeah, I'll have to wait another couple weeks or a month or whatever it's going to be. But so what? You know, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see how that runs on the on Heat Five. Yeah. Have you gotten the update for the for um? The ignition game i i so i was in the middle of a season uh in nascar heat five so i always i'm super ocd i have to wait until the end of the season and when i did i totally forgot about it and i started playing wwe 2k22 mm. so no i have not downloaded it yet i don't know if i will actually <laughs> i saw some interesting videos about it <laughs> yeah have you seen some of the gameplay from it oh yes i definitely have uh well first off the pit stops right off the bat they they have the uh am i right in hearing this that they have the five lug sound or is well, that rivals that does that uh i'm actually not sure i have not heard that yeah when they come in the pits they do the, the din, 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 when they make the pit stops and it's just the one one lug, obviously i mean that's a minor right. detail but it's an aggravating detail if you're really into these games um and also the daytona the, like in the trailer do you did you remember watching the trailer for the ignition update did you see daytona uh, i don't i don't know they were all lined up in a train around the outside no, no passing yeah that was <laughs> in the trailer Ooh, okay. and they were people i was watching like commenting about the trailer pointed that out I was like, wow, there's there's a train. I mean, right off the bat, we see something really bad that they're all just in a line right on the top side of the racetrack at Daytona. No pack, no pack, nobody's passing or anything. And yeah, as soon as the green flag drops 
every AI does their best get single file. Oh man. And they stay that way. Oh man. Then they just, that kills it. Right. Absolutely kills a super speedway. I mean, in a, in a way it's kind of realistic, not for 2022. No, it's, it's, it's not realistic for the whole race though. Oh my goodness. That's, I mean, they don't do that right off the bat. That's going to be miserable. It would be because you can't pass nobody. If you get out of line, ain't nobody going to go with you. Right. Man, I don't see how people play that game. And then I saw one where they, like, uh, they were playing at the, the new track uh, gateway. That was part of the update. Yeah. And um, the AI has no idea where to run on that track. Oh, no. They're like five lanes wide in the corners. Like they, They're all the, all the way on the bottom, all the way up top. They're racing down the inside on the straightaways. They have no idea. Oh my! God. How to race that racetrack? <laughs> oh, oh Lord! So have fun. I want you to download that update just to just to see how stupid it is. Mm. Right? <laughs> Hopefully the uh, uh, NASCAR Heat Five update will be way 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 better than that. I I have a feeling part of that's why they're they're pushing it back a little bit. Oh, I know Ooh. one reason is the sound. They weren't happy with the sound. Well, that's good. Of the cars, and they're fixing it because these cars do sound a lot different. Yes. But um, speaking of the sound of the cars, you know who got the sound perfect on their game? World of Outlaws Dirt Track Racing. Yes. They got the sound of those cars absolutely spot on. I mean, it sounds like a street stock, a late model, a sprint car. It really, really sounds like these things. Wow. So I did. I did end up getting it. I thought I was going to be, I was going to have to wait a little bit longer, but I wound up getting it uh, just two days ago from here. Oh, okay. And I jumped on it on the wheel right off the bat with no, I had it on hard level as far as the AI goes because it's first, first race. Right. Right. So I need to bump it up a little bit from hard. I think there's, I think there's an expert above that. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's anything above expert. That's what I run is on expert on it. Yeah. Yeah. There's two levels below. Hard. Oh, wow. So okay. it's like beginner, novice, hard and expert. So gotcha. I was like, hard is a good starting point for this game, you know, and no assists. So I wanted to get the full dirt track yeah. experience with it. Right. Just to see how it drove. And I just picked a street stock right off the bat. I didn't want to go full fledged into a big sprint. Yeah, or anything like that. I wanted to get a handle on the game, and without diving too deep into custom setups yet on the car, because I'm going to kind of wait until some people post some things so I can try some of their stuff and maneuver that around a little bit the way I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it raced really, really well. Really? I mean, it raced so good. The replays look awesome. You know, like how sometimes you're racing and your car looks like the only one that's not stuck on a rail Yeah. on a replay, you know, like you're all over the place and then everybody else is like perfectly in line and you're the one right. going up, down, up, down, all over yeah. the place. Your wheels are going crazy. Your car looks like the other cars. Oh, that's cool. On the replays. It does. It, it looks exactly like the other cars do. The physics of it through the corners, as far as like right to go left and all that kind of stuff, it, it works really, really well. It's like, the street stocks don't need it as much as the late models do. And then the late models need it differently than the sprint cars do. 
Oh, wow. Like sprint cars can kind of go more wide open around the corners on a lot of these tracks and late models. You tend to have to stab the brake to set the car hmm. just like real life. Right. Like late models don't go wide open around a dirt track. You know, they, they jump in that corner. They, they, uh, jab the brake and it sets the car and then they stomp back on the gas and drive it off, you know, feathering the throttle depending on how loose the car is. Right. That's how this game plays, man. That's awesome. It's, I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. Can you make Rowdy Energy a sponsor? I cannot. What? <laughs> Are they you, don't have uh, uh they don't have that on there as a, <gasps> as a decal. Are you kidding me? And you can't upload things to it. All right. Well, I mean, that's a major <laughs> bummer. So, golly. I wish it would be one of these games. That, I mean, not, again, don't get me wrong now. The paint booth is actually pretty good for what it is. I'd say it's it's probably better than NASCAR heat level. Really? As far as, like, the customization of it goes. Like, you have sections of it that you're customizing, and you have preset designs, and you have, like, a certain amount of fonts and decals you can put on it. But you also have shapes that you can throw at it and change the size. You can even move the number all the way to the very front, to the back. You can make it wide on the car. You can make it – you can put a letter by the number. Oh, nice. You can can make your car 109XY. If you want to, if you want that to be your number, it's cool. Just put it on there. You can, there's so much you can customize with it. It makes really, really interesting, uh, paint shop experience. That's awesome. Because you know, you go go to a dirt track. Some of them have the car numbers right in the middle. Some have numbers right up front. Some of them have them back there on the right rear quarter panel or the rear quarter panel behind the tire. Yeah. You know, and some of them just have a big sponsor plastered all the way down the side of the car everybody's different. Right. And this game lets you do that. So it's really cool. That's really cool. And there's a local boy in it. Local boy here, uh, Joseph Joyner from um, Hunt the Front Motorsports. He has a YouTube channel I was talking about a few months ago. I was talking about it. He uh, He's actually in the game. That's crazy. That's really cool. There's a local dude, man. He's in the game. I, I get to watch him race. This weekend at Deep South Speedway down the road if I want to. That is awesome. And I got to play him in the video game. My tracks aren't in the game, but, you know. Right. I wish they were. It'd be fun. So, do you have any uh, plans on maybe getting that one day? Oh, man. I don't know. Not anytime soon. Because it doesn't... It's not something that, like, appeals to me. Like, right at this second. So, maybe, like, once I... Maybe if a couple months down the road, I might just if I'm bored. But normally, I pretty much stick to NASCAR heat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this: the dirt track racing in that game is a hundred times better than any dirt track racing game in these NASCAR games. Okay, well, that's all you had to tell me. And I, yes, I will absolutely buy that like, one. If you like the late models in NASCAR heat, yeah. It this is this blows it out of the water. Is there but a modified? That is no. There's this is what they have, and unfortunately, they don't have modifieds. Damn it! But they have they have street stocks. They have um, sportsman class, like uh, limited late models, basically. Yeah. They have pro late models. 
which is weird that they have all these different classes like that, because I think it's weird when I watch the local races and there's three different classes of the same car. Yeah. I think that's weird. It's it just because the engine yeah. size and the weight, but I don't know. I mean, I, I understand there's a cheap class and then an expensive class, cheap, cheaper class, right. not cheap. But like there's a crate class, a crate motor class, and then there's an unlimited class. I understand that. But from a outsider's point of view, when you're just watching, you're like, I just saw these cars race. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, there were seven distinct classes at my local track. Wow. I mean, you had a a bomber class that was just straight up stock cars. Right. And you had a novice class, which they had racing wheels and tires. And uh, they were stock cars, but they would look more like race cars. Like you could add spoilers and stuff like that to it. And you had a street stock class that added the nose pieces and the fins and stuff like this. And you had a, a late model class and you had a modified class and you had a four cylinder class and you had the sprint cars. You know, you had all these different classes that they showed up once in a while. Mini mods like were the four cylinders. They were four cylinder, like Volkswagen type cars, like Volkswagen Beetles would race in this class. Yeah. Real wheel drive. I guess it's kind of like pony stocks in a way, but I don't know. They, they tended to make their own, make their own race cars and, Use Volkswagen Beetle. So you had two different types of race cars. You had a modified or a late model looking car and a Beetle. They were so cool. So that class is long going around here. I don't yeah. even know where they, where they would race now. But well, I got in the weeds on that. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love local stuff, man. I love the local dirt track stuff. I, oh man, I do too. I I think actually uh this weekend we have the world of outlaws at our local dirt track. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna be there uh because I have a wedding to attend my hmm. third different wedding in the last three months <laughs> wicked but yeah i'm gonna be at the wedding so i won't be watching the world of outlaws but i'm very curious to see if maybe some uh, familiar faces are gonna show up like uh well i just totally spaced off uh brad sweet chad boat casey kyle larson in yeah casey kane kyle larson uh you know it's probably the biggest race that's ever came to our local uh racetrack except the day that tony stewart came but i think that was with world of outlaws as well so mm. unfortunately i just won't be there yeah uh we haven't had a sprint car world of outlaws race down here that i know of we have the regional sprint car classes like there's a cajun uh cajun sprint cars down here it's like a louisiana based thing that it was around like the, the the southern seven states down here. I mean, that's that's like the biggest sprint car class we get usually. Right. We get World of Outlaws late models though once in a while. So that's pretty cool. Heck yeah. So uh, real quick about the game and I'll shut up about it. Uh, they have two late model classes. They have three sprint car classes. Oh, nice. Yeah. They have the World of Outlaws, you know, super sprints or whatever you want to call them. And then they have the uh, basically the highest sprint car, you know, the TV ones. Right. And then you have like a mid-range class and like a local class of sprint cars. You know, and they like made the cars, the local cars look a little older. You know, like they look a little boxier, not all slick like the high dollar World of Outlaws machines do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like some like Bubba made in his backyard. <laughs> yeah. 10-year-old sprint car parts. They kind of made it like that. I wish they would do 
more of a and a street stock class, but I wish they would do more of a uh, stock class. Yeah. Like a just to go out there and have fun and beat and bang kind of class. Like they would have like four or five different types of cars you could pick from. I like that kind of racing personally, but they don't ever make it to video games. Right. It sounds uh, fun though. Oh yeah, it is fun. It's a lot of fun. It brought me back, man. Yeah. I was out, there, I was racing at street stock and it was crowded and people were taking the high lane, low lane, middle lanes. They were all over the racetrack. It was, it was fun. And the physics looked real good when they bumped into each other. One of them, uh, in the street stock class, actually tagged wheels and it hopped over the wheel a little bit. Oh, when he, really? Yeah. yeah. It was, <laughs> dude, I, I acted like a little kid playing this game oh, I was by okay. myself. I'm glad nobody else was watching me, but man, it was, it was fun. And yeah, I, I, I got to where I actually did it from the cockpit view. I don't normally drive it from cockpit view. Wow. But with the steering wheel and everything, I was actually doing good from that. And now I can't drive it without it. See, oh man, I, I wish I could. I could not do cockpit view at all. But I saw that video uh, that you sent me. Yeah, that I, was a replay. Oh, was that the replay? Wow. Mm -hmm. That was. Did you tweet that out? I don't remember if I. No, I think I just sent the message. I didn't tweet Man, it out. That was a that was a really good. Uh, it was. It looked really good. It it's smooth. It looks real smooth, and it looks like it should look. It doesn't look choppy or anything like that. No, it's a video game. You have your moments where AI does something weird, like they come up on somebody and they kind of stop and just kind of twitch a little right. bit. Like yeah, you know, it's it. Nothing's perfect right now as far as that kind of stuff goes. You're gonna have coding issues like that, but who knows? An update might fix some of that stuff later on. But for sure, man, I love it. Anyway, we have a Robo to talk about. Yes. That was a pretty, well, kind of an uneventful race, honestly, until the last couple restarts. I would definitely agree with that. It was kind of mundane. You right? could say boring. I, I didn't want to say boring, but yeah, I, it was. I'll, yeah, I'll say it for you. It was boring for it sure. Was, it was pretty boring. I don't know. I mean, everybody out there was like, we can't pass. Right. Everybody was saying that we can't pass. Right. You know, I mean, it, it was very, very obvious that it was hard to pass. And then you had people that were flipping the stage, getting caught back in traffic and could not make their way back up for the rest of the race. Mm -hmm. That was wild, man. I take back everything I said about people racing for stage points. And not for the win. That yeah. saved Ross Chastain's butt. <laughs> yes, it did. Very he much got, so. He won a stage because he stayed out while people that were racing for the win came in the pits. So he stayed out to win that stage. He got 10 points for winning that stage. Then he broke. He hit the wall and he broke. Yes. And, man, he made it in by, what, six points? Something like that. Yeah, it was pretty close. He would not have made it if he hadn't won that stage. So, okay. You know, I hate I hate it in a way, but it sure did save my driver this week. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Kudos to it. They were smart for thinking about that. Obviously, they didn't plan on breaking. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> a track house. Man, that's... When they, it's so funny when you're, you're so good for so long 
And then it comes down to the race, right? Yeah. We were just talking about, it might have been last week, that Suarez doesn't break. Yeah. He, just, he doesn't break. That's why he's in it. That's why he's made it this far. He doesn't, he doesn't use the brakes either at all for anyone at all. <laughs> well, okay. But the, uh, the attrition wise, his car doesn't fail. How about that? Yes. Let me word it that way. His car doesn't fail. Very his rarely. Team's, his team's got a good handle on things and he's solid. He's always a solid top 10, sometimes top five. I mean, he's always up there. He's always usually maybe uh, two or three spots behind behind Stenhouse. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Not Stenhouse. I'm sorry. Chastain. Yeah, I, I knew what you were saying, sorry. but it just made yeah. me laugh anyways. But, yeah. I was, I was trying not to say Trackhouse because Trackhouse came to mind first, and I said <laughs> right. Stenhouse. I said Chastain. I don't know what I was doing. But he was he's always about two or three spots behind Chastain. And I'll be dang, the one week – that he absolutely did not need to break, he broke. Yes. And it sounded like he was having a lot of trouble trying to steer these cars. These cars do not steer without power steering. I mean, just they straight up don't. I mean, yeah, you can see, like, from the inside uh, cockpit view of Daniel Suarez how hard he was trying to turn that wheel and stuff. What I didn't really appreciate or really think too fondly of is how, like, he came – I mean, he he intentionally dumped Corey LaJoy. Uh, he ran into the back of, who is it, Connor Daly. I mean, he was like all over, I think, Ryan Blaney. You know, I, I don't know what it was, but, man, he was – I mean, it was a it was a cutoff race, and it was a really hard place yeah. to pass. So I get, I get it. Then you have your power steering go out. It's extremely hard to, to maneuver that car through a road course. But like how he comes back out like after the race, and I don't know exactly what he said, and I, I don't want to misquote him, but he made he made it sound like he kind of what like Corey LaJoy was saying. Uh, it kind of made it sound like he was the only person ever in NASCAR history to lose power steering at a at a road course <laughs> when Corey LaJoy battled the same problem at Coda, which I think Coda a, has a lot more twists and turns than the Charlotte Roval. Does it though? Uh, yeah, I would I, say I so. I, I don't know with the with the two chicanes they added to this track, and then you have all the tighter corners because everything's like condensed in a mile and a half circle. I don't. I mean, yeah, there might be more more turning and more corners at Coda, but I mean this this one ain't no slouch. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Charlotte Roval has seventeen turns. That's that's insane. I'm used to Watkins Lynn. They used to say they have seven. Some yeah. years they say they have thirteen. It all depends on how they want to say it. Right. Uh, so, Coda has twenty turns, and Roval has seventeen. I mean, that's, that's three turns. That's it, not. Those the are Roval pro- is no slouch. That is one of the curviest dang road courses in NASCAR. The, okay, so think of turn one at Coda, and then think of turn the uh, twenty. Those two alone are absolutely wicked. So to tell you the truth, I can't picture turn one and twenty at Coda. 
Okay, so going down, <laughs> you're taking the green flag, and you pretty much have to come to like 20, maybe 10 miles an hour to make a real sharp uh, left-hander. That's just a disaster for everybody just piling up in turn one. They do that oh. at almost every road course. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I think we counted, what was it, eight wide, nine wide or something earlier this year. So, I mean, it's I, I would much rather, if I had to choose, which place to uh, lose power steering? I would choose the rope. Watkins Land. I choose Watkins Land. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Good lord. That's a much better road course to me. Absolutely. But um, I just realized that every single road course has one of those really, really tight slam on the brakes and hope everybody can get through at turn ones. I mean, I Watkins Land does. Sonoma doesn't. Oh, it it okay. It's turn two. It okay, just... it's turn turn one curves back to the left around yeah. the wall, but then you have to put the brakes on and go to turn two. Right. I I mean I figured their biggest yeah there's part is yeah they, yeah yeah I know what you mean right off the end of the turn right eleven the the track yeah yeah it is but that's also like a complete. I don't know. There's something different about that one, but they they still do have one of those break real hard and hope. Oh you yeah, run over turns and turn two. I mean, every one of them do. The Indianapolis oh, Road Course okay. does. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not the very first corner right off gotcha. the green flag. It's the next one right up the hill. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's and that's basically because because you can almost count turn one. If yeah, they, if they count that as turn one, you can almost count that as a straightaway. Right, because it's at the start, but but you know what I'm talking about. I don't know yeah. why they do that. Every single, I guess, just to make more make Drama. more action. Yeah, yeah, more wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> the one at Indy's insane. Oh, don't even get me started on that. That's just putrid. Going back next year. Oh, please make it stop. Golly, so. Chastain made it in barely. Suarez, remember I said that he was going to make it in the final eight. He came so close. You yeah. thought he was going to be out first round. I did. Yeah, I absolutely thought he was. He almost made it to the final eight. And if it, obviously, if he would not have had an issue that he's never had in the whole playoffs here, like a right. car failure, then he would have. Because he was running exactly where he needed to be, and he almost made it in where he was, right? Just from all the crazy stuff going around. Larson did not make it in. Your past champion is out of the playoffs. How wild is that? That our you know Kyle Larson, who is probably the greatest race car driver on the planet today, who just went won what ten races plus the all-star last season won mm. the championship won his first championship comes back and he's only won twice both times he stuffed a teammate in the wall and then he doesn't even make <laughs> the championship four man that's why we that's why i love nascar because i if you would have told me that kyle larson was not going to be in the championship four six months ago i would have laughed at you what about championship eight well, that's true. Championship. He's not, eight. The, he's not in the final eight. He's not even in the the round of eight. That's unreal. That's unbelievable. But 
instead of Larson, we got um, Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe. And I texted you when that <laughs> happened. Yes. When that 41 slammed on brakes and wadded up half the field in the back on the back straightaway so Briscoe can go flying by everybody. Right. When Cole Custer slammed on brakes going into the corner, I texted you. I said, I wonder if NASCAR is going to say something about that. Because <laughs> that was very, very obvious what happened there. Yeah, no joke. I mean, oof. I Now, my opinion on this kind of changed a little bit. Uh when I first saw it, I was too much. I was too busy cheering on Christopher Bell. Oh yeah! By the way, congratulations! You got your first win of the year. Thank you. I was so excited about it. Um, yeah. So I wasn't even really paying attention to to this. Uh, I I remember watching it, but I was I was so so pumped up that I it didn't really click until I heard Dale Jr. say, "You know, oh Cole Custer puts on the block." Mm-hmm. I go back and kind of watch it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, he really did." It, it really upset me at first because I'm the type of fan that I want to see my I want to see my favorite driver win a race and know that he was the fastest guy out there. Right? I was now I don't know. It's it's hard to explain because it's not, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight when it comes to Chase Briscoe or Cole Custer or any of you know Austin Dillon or any of those guys. But when I saw it. I was like, man, that really sucks that these guys are not like, you know, racing for themselves. You know, Cole Custer gave up. Well, I I think he only gave up one spot because he didn't get. He only got passed by Briscoe. But it's like, man, like. Well, he he stopped. He stopped two or three people on the back straightaway, though. Oh yeah, he stopped. Like, um, yeah, he he got passed. Yeah, he got passed by two or three people. I think he got passed by the three and the forty-three. Did he? I or, think so. I think he coming out of the the shoot, coming out of that little chicane. I think he did get passed by them. Oh, maybe he did. Um, but I know for sh- a fact he blocked the the forty three and the three, and because of that, the fourteen got by everybody. Right. So that's just locking him into the field. Let me. Uh, you want to play the audio from the forty ones radio? <laughs> sure. Can you have it? Yeah. Hang on. We got a flat tire. Slow up. I think we got a flat tire. Check up. Check up. <laughs> Just fill it out. Get left. Little tire up. Little tire up. Still there. Still there. Fill it out. Good. Come on back. You're okay. Little tire up. Keep coming. It being so, the last lap too. Oh. Yep. Well, we got a flat tire. Check up. It's the last lap. I mean. Yeah. It's like, oh, and I heard that. I was like, man, that's not cool. But then, so I mean, when I when I heard about the initial penalty, I was like, that's right. Stick it to them. Make them learn that, you know, you're supposed to be racing out here for every position, you know, like whatever. And then I started thinking, well, what's the difference between doing that and being the race leader coming to the checkered flag at Daytona or Talladega? Like well, there's there's a difference, but like at the same time, so like, uh, t- uh Tyler Reddick pushing Austin Dillon to the win. There, what's the difference between that? Because you're, I I don't know, with it being helping each other like teammates wise, going for a win and getting the best spots for your two cars, that's one thing. 
But for somebody that's not in any contention for a championship at all to block other people so your guy can get in and some other guy cannot get in the championship. Sure. And the other guy has no control over the situation at all. It's kind of a that's a different situation. So let's let's say let's say Denny Hamlin and Kyle Bush are drafting on the last lap of Talladega in the round of twelve. Kyle Bush is out of the playoffs and Kyle Bush blocks and Denny Hamlin gets the win. Is there a difference? And Kyle Bush block uh, blocks for him like behind yeah. him? Yeah, blocks the third place driver. See, it's, it's it's tricky. It's really, really tricky. So when I actually listened to Brandon on the lap traffic podcast, and after hearing him and his you know reasoning, I was like, you know, I think he might be right. So it kind of changed my opinion on that penalty. I I still don't like it. I don't like it. Either. I mean, I don't mind the super speedway stuff as much because you you always need help there. That is one 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 type of racing in NASCAR that you 100% need somebody to help you. Right. So obviously it's going to be your teammate if it can be. Sure. It's like that no matter if you're running for championship points or not. Right. You need help to do anything at these tracks. That Roval, you don't need no help. And well, to get help, it's just furthering along a championship quest, basically, at right. this point. It's not to help the team finish one, two, or to help them get the best spot they can so that they're not left out, you know, where all the guys can stay together and out of trouble. Right. It's not for any of that. It's strictly to mess somebody else's championship hopes up to get your teammate in when you have no dog in the fight. Right. I mean, I get it. It's, it's a very gray area. Yeah. It's, (laughs) and the, the fine and penalty really NASCAR's all over the place. They they did this fine. It wasn't it like fifty points and a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. I uh, what was for it? the forty one, not the fourteen. The four, fourteen have nothing going on with it. Yeah, I thought it was fifty points, fifty owner points, and was it anyway, twenty five thousand or something? And then I thought it was a hundred thousand. It was a hundred. Okay, maybe you're right. How well? I mean, NASCAR's been handing out fines left and right here lately. So I, I'm well. But, is- but but this is my point with it, though. Look back at some of the things they've done in the past when it comes to these playoff races. Chase yeah. Elliott did this last year with Kevin Harvick, right? Right. He didn't get fined. That's true. He didn't get anything. Nothing happened to him. Well, look who he drives for. Well, they also were kind of, yeah, and look who didn't make it this time around because of this block, right? That's very true. They said something about the fact that the they didn't take like okay they took the fifth remember the 15 spun yes on purpose that year to try to get his teammate in the championship you're talking about clint boyer clint boyer and martin truex yes he the the clint boyer spun out to get martin truex a chance to get into the championship because it wasn't going to happen yes if he didn't do that right NASCAR listened to the audio and they said there was a there's like a code there that told him to spin out. It was pre-planned. It was right. a pre-planned thing that they talked about before the race, and they lay the hammer down on those teams. Right. And they actually added Jeff Gordon into the championship because it messed him up in his chase to get in there. 
Well, you fast forward to this one, and they determined based on all the audio that this was not a pre-planned thing. Right. It was not something that they planned to do in case Chase Briscoe was completely situational and it was just completely off the top of their heads that they did what they did. And because of that, they're not taking the 14 out or putting anybody else in. Right. That's weird. I mean, it's like then at that point, what's the point? You know, but then like, the nine did what he did last year and nothing happens to him at all. Which is, it's kind of still, granted, it was no team orders. That was all Chase. Right. And I don't know necessarily if Chase was trying to help Kyle Larson win as much as he was just wanting uh, Kevin Harvick not to win. So why did we suspend Matt Kenseth when he took Joey Logano into the wall at Martinsville? Hey, I was all for Matt Kenseth getting that a bonus. That was so funny. That was amazing. Oh, And the crowd went crazy and all the smoke. It reminded me of Richmond in 1998 again. Oh, you know, I remember that day perfectly. It was like, uh, you know, when you go down a roller coaster, that that warm, tingly sensation in your stomach. Oh, yeah. That was a good day. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I laughed my head off when I have it. Oh, my I gosh, I laughed my head off. Matt's like, if I'm not getting in this championship, you ain't winning it either. And he that's just right. took him out. I love that's, it. That's right. Probably about the way you felt when Kevin Harvick tried to spin Kyle Busch out on the last lap at Martinsville and Kyle did the 360 and kept oh. on going, kept the spot. Ooh, I, <laughs> Kevin Harvick spun out and didn't make it. Man, there was some explicit, explicit, <laughs> oh my God, explicit. What explicit. am I trying to say? Explicit. explicit. Thank explicit. you. <laughs> Golly. We can edit that out, right? No, it's all saying <laughs> Um <laughs> explicit i sang on the podcast like last week and i got made fun of by, <laughs> by my wife oh well okay i mean come on now you know it's this is I staying get in it. i get it <laughs> <laughs> well let me try it again Ex- explicit i'm calling just give up <laughs> all right words are fun sometimes but anyway uh we'll wrap up the rubble talk congratulations man that was that's your first win of the year oh solidly Yes. In the championship now. I'm nowhere near it. And uh I'm glad it took you 30 something races to get one. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I I texted you. I said this this is exactly how Kyle Bush felt in 2020, wasn't it? My goodness, waiting this long. I really didn't think it was going to happen. So when I and I remember when watching uh Christopher Bell come down on pit road for fresh tires with like four laps to go. And I was over at my friend uh, David's house, and I was screaming, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think at that point we were what fourth, fifth, something like that." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, what are y'all doing?" I but, know my guy was fifth. I mean, McDowell was fifth coming to one of those last couple restarts, and then he popped the wall. Yeah, and so finished twenty fourth, I think. Okay, so he must uh, then. Bell was sixth because I know Bell could not get past McDowell all race long. 27th. That's what McDowell finished. My goodness. My last three races are 24th, 25th, and 27th. Jeez Louise. Dude. That's, that's I won the first race of the year. You did. But you haven't done nothing since. <laughs> but I get it, man. That's that's harsh, but that's just the fun of it, right? I'm trying to count out my top fives. <laughs> This won't take long. Hang on. One. Oh, you're good. Two, three, four, five. Two back to back right there. Mm, six, seven, 
eight, eight top fives this year in 33 races. That's not awful, but then I look at, there's a 32nd, a 33rd, a 24th, a 25th, a 27th, a 32nd, <laughs> a 36th, a 30th. There's another 32nd. Man. There's a 22nd. That's my problem. I have nine top fives. Yeah, you have one more top five than I do. Yeah. But I bet I have a lot more 20s and 30s than you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Joe. Man, the last... Okay, from 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 Daytona. McDowell also, again, running up front, finishes 32nd. Right. 32nd, 33rd, 10th, 2nd, 24th, 25th, 27th. Chase Elliott got me a second-place finish. God. But look how many second places I have. I think I have three second places. Yeah, you have something crazy oh, like that. Man. Like all those could have been wins. Oh, I'm sorry. Four. One, two, three, four. Four second places. Well, I had a good pick for Vegas, and I realized man. he has a concussion. He ain't racing, so I can't pick him. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd, so I just wasted that Bowman pick that I could do. Well, he'll he'll be back for Phoenix. <laughs> Not for the one he won at this year. Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> the following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So moving on from the Roval, we have some questions. Yes. We have, let's see how many questions we got. One, two, three, four questions. Four questions. One of them is actually kind of like 10 questions in one because we got to both do top fives. Okay. You know, I don't even know five of them. It's going to be old school. I had old to, school. Yeah, I had to think about this, but I, I have five. <laughs> I'm gonna have to organize mine. I know the top two. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, it's probably probably got the same top two. Probably, honestly. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, Drew from Tales from the Estate. Three of these are from Tales from the Estate, by the way. Yes. And one from Tim at the end. What are the top five best autographs in racing? I have my own personal opinion, just because yeah, they are some of my favorite drivers. But I will fully admit that some of my favorite. Wrestlers, drivers, whatever, don't have the best autographs. Not at all. But right off the top, I will say my number five is one that I would like to get tattooed. Rescue Be honest. No. Oh. Davy Allison. Davy Allison. Okay. Look up Davy Allison's autograph. That I, is yeah. Really, really nice signature. It is. I would love to get that tattooed somewhere. But why? <laughs> just because he's always been my favorite driver. Like one of my favorite drivers when I was a little kid, and he's an Alabama boy. Just be pretty cool. Like maybe on the inside of your forearm to have a little Davy Allison signature. I don't know. I think it'd be neat. I, I get it for sure. What's your number five? 
Noah Gregson. Yeah, we're going to have a completely different list. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. Except Noah, maybe the top two. <laughs> I really like Noah Gregson speaks, uh, simply because he's a big diecast guy. And I think he really takes his time and mm-hmm. like, makes every sign diecast really worth it. So I can really appreciate that. Um, my number four is going to be Rusty Wallace. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> just be, But when he does it right, because I've seen some of them where he just kind of rushes through it. Yeah. But I've seen some of them where he actually sits down and takes his time, and it looks really good. What about your number four? Oh, no. I just... You're blank. Oh, no. I don't have them <laughs> written down either. I'm not, I don't have mine written down either. I got to come uh, up with a third. I got a third. I'll say number four would be Dale Earnhardt Sr. Okay. That's, that's going to be my number two. Okay. That's not too bad. What about your number three? My number three is going to be Bill Elliott. I, I like I like his signature with um I don't know something about the way he writes the B's and yeah. the, uh, the L's and all that with his name. It looks really really good. A lot better than his son's signature. His son's signature is trash. Yeah, for sure. My number three is going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. I like the whole Dale Jr. thing. He cut out the Earnhardt part a long time ago, mm-hmm. and it looks really like it looks. It just flows really, really well. Uh, who's your number two? Because mine's Earnhardt. My number two is Kyle Busch. Okay. Very, and I've had several Kyle Busch autographs uh, throughout my career. Of uh, career, look at me. <laughs> Uh, throughout my life, but I uh, love Your his career and diecast. Collecting. I guess so. <laughs> Good lord! Oh my career! Yeah, Kyle Bush number two. Hey, my action figure collection back here. That's a career. No joke, dude. Oh lord! It's, this career is a good eight years <laughs> long now. Okay, I'm a professional at it now. Absolutely. Have you seen my WrestleCon take home? I mean, come on. I did. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Golly. Um, I think we probably both have number one. You want to say it on three? This is gonna be so crazy if we don't okay. do it. <laughs> okay, this is gonna be awesome. Ready? All right, one, right. one two, three. Richard, Richard Petty. Petty. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Richard Petty has the most beautiful signature I have ever seen. He was always one that said, "Um, he takes the time and writes his autograph out yes. in a very classic, memorable way." For every single fan, because it's all because of them. Right. There's a reason why any of them can do what they do. Love it. So he stays as long as he has to to sign every autograph he can. When other drivers just kind of take off and leave, Richard Petty will be the one in the garage signing every single thing. That's why Richard Petty autograph really isn't like rare. Right. He signs everything he, he can, but it's a beautiful autograph. It really is uh, super nice. I figured you would have that. I actually got to meet him once in person. He signed that on the side of one of those 1992 fan appreciation 164 scale haulers. Oh, really? I think it's in my shed. I was 12 years old. That was a long time ago. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's still in my shed because I would not have gotten rid of that. Right. I want to say it's in a box with the diecast cars I didn't get rid of. And man, what a! I got a Polaroid somewhere. I have no idea where the Polaroid is. Of me um, shaking hands with Richard Petty. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so cool. Next question for you. Yes. From Drew, favorite part of being a crew chief? Okay. 
So this I love first for one, I love Drew for sending this particular question. Cause I've been debating on announcing something. You know, I'm not quite sure because I actually have not told you about this hmm. at all. So you have no idea what I'm about to say. So you're either going to be super excited or you're going to be really mad. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> quite sure where it's going to go. So we're just going to learn together. Um, we're moving to Alabama with a car and I get to drive it. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my favorite part about being a crew chief for a local dirt track team is because when it comes to dirt tracks, it's so different. You have to kind of guess if you know the high side's going to be dominant, bottom side dominant, you know. And if you set up your 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 race car and it's opposite, then you're either going to just you're you just have to be stuck and just try the best you got you know the best you can, or you're going to make really wild major you know adjustments throughout the heat races but when, when you do that you don't have practice you don't have time to get acquainted a little bit more you know it's very it's very aggressive so you just kind of hope that you have the setup where you you know the driver wants it uh and if it's you know if it's off by a little bit you can always try to adjust it but it's such a balancing act you don't want to put too much camber in it you don't want to put too much wedge in it you don't you know you want to turn down this the spring ratios stuff like that is it's so difficult um thankfully for me lee mayer is you know one of my best friends he's the driver of our race car he knows what he's doing he hasn't done it in 15 years so um you know right now we're just trying to clock laps He's trying to get the hang of it. You know, 15 years is a long time. So, you know, we're not doing anything dramatic yet. Another part that I love about being a crew chief is that you can scout for sponsorships. So Hmm. I love being that guy. I love being that, hey, I, you know, I work on a race team. How would you like to advertise your business on our race car? Well, I was sitting there thinking about who, you know, local businesses. I actually made a list of local businesses that I was going to go around and say, hey, you know, if you want to do some funding, you know, we can figure that out. And then I thought, what, you know, is there something out there that deserves to have a little bit more publicity? You know, what business out there or what organization out there could use as much publicity as possible? Maybe like, a, you know, two friends having a NASCAR podcast <laughs> or something. So I the last two months, my driver and I have been in conversations um, agreements everything so i guess i can do some breaking news in the marvels with soda and ethan is officially a racing sponsor <laughs> you have to get a picture of it oh yeah it's gonna be awesome um <laughs> right now we are negotiating price and stuff like that um you know i mean everything is money driven and stuff so really excited about that i don't think we're gonna have anything for 2023 
2022, but mm-hmm. starting in 2023, we're going to have a, a little, it's going to be a little size logo of our, uh, obviously our design, um, Allison logo. That's going to be on like a quarter panel. Hopefully in 2024, we, uh, right now we have some sponsors that's only lasting until the end of 2023, 2024. We might be uh, getting a little bit bigger uh, logo and putting it on a quarter panel, uh, making it a lot more noticeable. That's very cool, man. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, super excited about that. I've been working really hard on that um, the last two, I don't know, last two months or so. So everything's really coming together. Agreements are happening, and I'm really excited. I I apologize for not telling you sooner, but <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> I never really was able to get that many sponsors. So uh, if I ever go racing again, it's going to be all over the hood. It's going to be an in the marbles car. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it might be painted up just like the car on the logo. Who knows? Why not? That would, that'd be special for sure. But um, that's really cool, man. That's yeah. Awesome. Really excited. And uh, I'll, I mean, I'll give updates, uh, you know, the following weeks, up to 2023 uh, first race. So we're going to move to the next question here. Yes. Caitlin asks, uh, what is the best food you've had or what? I'm sorry. What track that you've been to has the best food? This one's tricky. Really, really tricky. I, I can, my personal experience, Daytona, I've only been to two NASCAR tracks. Okay. It, I've been to Atlanta or Speedway, but it was not at a NASCAR race and they did not have a full menu of nothing. Right. It was a truck, monster truck thing that was bare bones, absolute bare bones stuff. They basically had hot dogs and water. You know, it was like the most bare bones thing you could have. Right. Um, but I've been to Talladega outside and inside. And those are two completely different things. Yes. Inside, I can get a cheeseburger, fries, and a Coke for six bucks. Outside, that cost me fifteen dollars. That's that's one of the perks to going in the infield at Talladega. Oh, you're talking about the infield. Okay, yeah. I was very very confused. I was like, what? Yeah, the yeah. infield. Yeah, the, the garage experience. Yeah, cocktails were five bucks. Cocktails at a NASCAR track were five dollars. Yes. Beers were four. Dude, it, that's not like that anywhere. Right. You know, out, like I said, outside, if you if I wanted a cocktail, it'd be 12 bucks. You know, a beer would have been 10, 12 bucks too. Right. But the food was, it was better in the inside because it was cheaper. But there was nothing to write home about at Talladega. Daytona had a lot more variety. Right. And I want to say it was okay. They were a little less expensive than Talladega as far as food goes. But I got like a brisket sandwich thing one day. Like a barbecue brisket at a at a at Daytona. You're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's see how yeah. that is. It was so tough I could barely eat it. Ooh. So I'm going. My local dirt tracks have better food than all yes. the NASCAR tracks I've been to. Yes, I 100% agree with that. Um, but so the thing with me is sometimes everybody's different. Sometimes when you get hot, uh, you don't. You either really like it really hungry or you get really thirsty for me it's it's not a fair 
you know, thing to think about because when I go to Kansas Speedway, it's always in May and September. Mm-hmm. You know, super hot. Uh, all I mean, I got a second degree burn in May, and then I went back and I was, I had a long sleeve shirt on. I had to buy a t shirt in September. You know, and I change out of my long sleeves. So when I get hot, I don't eat. So the little food that I have ate at Kansas Speedway was nothing to be mm-hmm. like gun ho about. Uh, Texas just motor- basic fries and something like that, right? Just nothing yeah. special. Yeah. Yeah. Like chicken strips and all that stuff. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway had really good chicken strips. I don't know if I just caught them on a good time or, or what, but uh, it was a night race, so it got a little chilly. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, let's go. But no, I totally agree with you. Um, I also was at the Bristol night race, but I don't remember. I think I was just broke, and I just didn't eat at all. Uh, but my local dirt track, man, we have Frito chili pies, mm-hmm. hot dogs, hamburgers, fish, chicken strips whatever fresh cooked stuff like right there not i mean like like they're making the cheeseburgers right there in front yes. of you they're making the hot dogs in front of you um some of these tracks even have hamburger ham better chicken strips yes some of them do mine don't locally but i know there are some out there that do that yeah we do my favorite thing at a dirt track there's two things i always get at a dirt track whenever i go when i wasn't keto anyway um the crinkle cut seasoned fries, the big thick crinkle cut seasoned fries with the nacho cheese sauce on them. Man, oh, okay. I love some nacho cheese fries. Love them. Especially oh, when they have the seasoning on them. And and you, you made fun of me before we started this. So I'm gonna say it again. In the South, we eat boiled peanuts. And he makes fun. Of, I'm I'm enunciating because he's making fun of me the way I say boiled peanuts. That's what, what you call it down here. Boiled peanuts. Uh, I know everywhere else makes them like dry roasted and stuff like that. But here in the South, they boil them. And when they do that, it's really salty. They're they're soft. It. I don't know. It's a perfect game day racetrack kind of just snack food. You just throw the yes. shells on the ground or under stands or something, and just eat away. That's everybody gets those. Like you come back with five, ten dollars, fifteen dollars worth of peanuts all the time, bags full of them. They sell them on the side of the road here all the time. It's a major, major thing in South Alabama. I think just might be all of Alabama. I don't know how far it reaches beyond that, but I want to say it's just a big Southern thing. But that's at every single racetrack, and people will sell out of those things. I have never heard of boiled peanuts before in my life. Yeah, I had a stepbrother that came from California, and uh, he stayed with us for a few years, and that blew his mind that we did that to peanuts. Absolutely blew his mind. And I was like, I've had dry roasted peanuts. These are better. Have Let me ask, have you ever heard of something called a potato boat? I have not, actually. Oh, see, oh, I love me some potato boats, dude. Maybe that's just a Kansas thing. I like to, you know, let's ask that to Caitlin and, and Drew. Have they ever heard of what a potato boat is? Or a boiled peanut. Have they or, ever tried a boiled peanut? Well, I think I know what a boiled peanut is. Have they ever tried a boiled peanut? Oh, I, I don't know. Have you ever know. tried a boiled peanut? I've never heard of it. Well, they, they, they sell them in, they might sell them up there, but I can go to Walmart and find cans of boiled peanuts. Good Lord. But, I mean, they're not as good as the ones that you pick out of the field. We have fields of peanuts around What? Us. 
field of peanuts? What are you talking about? Let's, when they pick them, dust goes flying everywhere, and it covers everything, and you get allergies for the next week and a half. But, yeah, there's, there's fields right across from our house, right across the street. Nothing wow. but peanuts. Holy And man. so you got a combine that goes out there and picks them all up, and they sell them raw to the you know local people, and then they boil them and sell them boiled. 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 You can make fun of me all you want to. No, what? You you haven't tried one of these things. <laughs> so I also hate words too. You can make you can explicitly make fun of me all you want to. Expl- explicit. Explicitly. Explicit. Mm-hmm. So there's one word that I cannot say, and it's specific. <laughs> specific. Specific. Okay, well, so now I'm saying it perfectly fine as soon as I say I can't say it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, all right, moving on. <laughs> so I think our both our answer is a local dirt track. Yes, absolutely. Right. Chili, nothing better than a, a nice ch- cold night at the dirt track eating some chili. Or chili cheese fries. Or, or bowl, bowl, peanuts. peanuts are warm. They're warm when you get them, and man, it's, it's good. It's, they're they're good. They're they're perfect game day foods, game day racetrack, all that. They sell Maybe, them everywhere. I think you should just get on the In the Marvels podcast tomorrow and just send a <laughs> send a tweet that just says that, just in case people maybe <laughs> might not be understanding you correctly. <laughs> I am going to find some boiled peanuts tomorrow. And I'm going to tweet a picture of them. Because I don't have any, but we got an Alabama-Tennessee game tomorrow. Oh, my God. And that's going to be a heck of a game that I'm not looking forward to unless Bryce Young comes back. Then I'm going to be okay with it. I love it. Man, it's a, it's a good game day food. Anyway, I know you're just making fun of the way I'm saying it. I don't care. No. This mm-hmm. is—I know what you're saying because <laughs> because I had to spell it out to you. But uh, no, just the way you say it—you say it so fast, it sounds like you're saying something else. But I, mm-hmm. for the record, we want to spell it B O I L E T P E A N U T S. When I say boiled, I think they get it. Well, you say it fast, and it's, mm-hmm. yeah. So any, anyway, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Next question from Tim. That you're not going to get off of that subject. Bold. <laughs> Would drivers that retire make good crew chiefs? And he goes on, for instance, if Kurt Busch <laughs> retires, which might actually happen as you're yes. listening to this. Yes. Would drivers knowing just what they need help-wise from when they were driving, I wonder if some of the greats could give that to younger drivers as their crew chief. I'll let you take the lead on that one. So first off, very big props to Tim for coming up with this question. I, that that's hard. That's a hard, hard, you know, because I'm going to say yes and I'm going to say no. Yes, because the drivers they're in there, they know exactly what they need. But there's some drivers that don't take the time to sit there, get underneath the hood, and really learn what these things are. I think back in like, you know, if Rusty Wallace. God forbid something happening to him where he couldn't drive anymore back in 1994. Mm-hmm. If he would have jumped to a crew chief lead, I think for that era of race car, that would have been perfect. And it would have been crazy, crazy. That's why 
most of the time, crew chiefs are or, or were drivers at one point that just didn't succeed as far as the actual drivers now. Yeah, let me let me elaborate on this uh, just to set the the timelines here. When I was coming up, there was a a contingent of race car drivers that built their own cars. They they built all their own stuff. They set up their own stuff. They took it to the track themselves. And when they got back, they repaired all the stuff. They set it back up. They did all this week in and week out at the local levels and the regional levels, trying to get noticed. Yes. They did this week in and week out, sometimes four or five times a week. They did this all the time. And then they finally got noticed and they jumped in the car that wasn't theirs. And they had input on things on how to get, get the car set up the way they wanted. But now they didn't have to front all the bills and repair everything. Right. But they had that past experience of doing it today's crop of drivers don't have that experience for the most part. Very correct. Yes. They, they do not have that experience. Today's crop of drivers gets thrown into a car at 11, 12 years old with a lot of money behind them. Somebody else is working on it. They're not repairing nothing. They got money behind them. The only reason you make it the cup nowadays for them, for the most part, there are some exceptions, but the main reason you make it the cup nowadays is because you have some money behind you. Right. And if you're not as good a driver, but you have money behind you, you're going to overtake a guy that's a lot better than you that's broke. That's Absolutely, how yeah. cup racing is nowadays. It's aggravating, but that's how it is nowadays. I say all that to say that the last generation, maybe about 25, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. that gener- maybe two generations ago now, that generation of drivers coming up would have made good crew chiefs. The current generation of drivers, I don't think that's where they would go. Right. But I will say this. Drivers make better owners. Oh, yes, they do. Unless your name is Tony Stewart. He's won a championship. Well, I mean, um, I was just poking out the fun that he's very, very upset with NASCAR. Oh, right no, now. yeah, he, he's ticked. <laughs> and Dale oh. Jr. even come out and said he's not going to buy a charter because it's, it's a losing in- endeavor or something right. like that. Yeah. NASCAR needs to reassess their situation there when it comes to the charter system and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Let me clarify. I think Tony Stewart is one of the greatest of all times. So no, I, that Both. came out completely. like driver and owner. He's, he's doing excellent as an owner. Absolutely. He is. Yeah, for but, sure. So, but like go back and look at the owners, the, the driver owners. I mean, Richard Petty was, is a driver owner. Uh, Dale Earnhardt was a driver owner. Um, Oh, Lord, Rusty Wallace owned some cars. I mean, granted, he drove his, his son drove them for the most part, but he owned some cars too. Uh, uh, Junior Johnson, Junior Johnson's one of the best owners in history. Absolutely, and he drove. Yeah, you know, there's way more of them. Yeah, Denny Hamlin right now is the current guy yeah, along with Tony Stewart, even Richard Childress, and Brad Keselowski's in there and too. And Brad Keselowski, yep, absolutely. Alan Kowicki was too. Oh yeah, for sure. That's but Alan Kowicki is a different breed, though. Oh yeah, way different. <laughs> he was like the driver, owner, chief mechanic, uh, yes. crew chief, all at the same time. Not really crew chief, but you know what I mean. He was the brand. Yeah. He was the engineer of the team. Alan Kowicki is the blue collar race car driver. That's I it. still I still like that <laughs> analogy. That Alan Kowicki is the reason why the late 90s, all the legends of the sport had awful years. Oh, yeah. And wound up retiring. Like, Daryl Waltrip owned his own car, and 
Ricky Rudd owned his own car and Bill Elliott owned his own car. And then they all just fell off the face of the earth. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Because they saw Uncle Wiki do it. But yeah. then they realized that they weren't now Uncle Wiki. <laughs> right. Um, but at least Bill Elliott had the sense enough to come back to another team. And he actually won a lot in his last year or two. So good on him. The rest of them did not. They didn't have – well, Ricky Rudd did a little bit. But right. poor Daryl. He wasted the whole end of his career. Yeah. Ran at speed block number 17 Ugh. in the ba- Tabasco car. Holly. <laughs> but that was an excellent question. Very good. So we have this weekend, we have Vegas. Yes. I was going to pick Bowman for Vegas because he won it. And then he announced that he was going to stay out for another couple of weeks. Right. So I am kind of at a loss of who I'm going to pick. I'm going to end up picking just some random. You know what? No, I know who I'm going to pick. Oh, no. I know who I'm going to pick. Who's All going right. first? Are you going first? You're going first. You won the race. I know. <laughs> so I'm really happy because I did. I could see you trying to take my pick. Um, no. I doubt very seriously you're picking this person. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I was had 110, uh, 108 temperature when I came up with this list. For some reason, I have written down for Las Vegas. I'm going with Kevin Harvick. That's, I mean, it's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. Yeah, He's going to be solid. Yeah, Ford's, man. Ford's at Las Vegas. It's They, they know what to do. You will never guess in a million years who I'm going to pick. Landon Castle. No. Bubba Wallace. You're you're in the ballpark, though. I don't know. As a range of drivers, you're in the ballpark. Ty Gibbs. You're so close. I'm picking Dude, Noah Gregson. Noah. Okay, cool. I can... Just because he is in the winning oh, car. Duh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? For sure. He is in the car that won at this track last. And what happened when the last car got had a driver swap? I was there. You were there, both for of them. both of them. Yeah. So hey, that's not a bad pick at all. Bob Wallace doesn't win a whole race all year long, and he jumps in a car that won the last race there. He wins. Right. Noah Grayson's not a bad driver. Not at all. At all. If he's got any shot at having a good solid finish, it's going to be in the car that won the race last time they went. Right. Yeah. That's my pick. Noah Gregson. Awesome. I'm semi happy with that. Did you see my tweet that <laughs> I got bored the other day and I wrote down the entire uh, schedule for 2023 and I already have my li- my picks for 2023 for the entire season? Oh, I thought you reworked the points. You just wrote down your picks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I, you were reworking the championship points so we wouldn't do this average thing anymore. Oh, uh-uh, no. Like I'm, I have no shot. <laughs> I am super okay with uh, how everything's going for 2022, even though I picked Kyle Busch six times. Um, you know, 2023, I have it. I, I didn't even put the Clash, the Duels, the All-Star, and I have it set up where I have not used a single person more than twice. Well, the problem with that is that there's probably still some moves to be made in the off season. Right. And if I get to go first and I pick your guy, your whole lineup's messed up. Which is exactly why I have listed as you have the backups. Bo- I have backup drivers and how <laughs> many times I could use them. So if you do pick up, you know, pick my Daytona 500 guy, 
all I have to do is just go pick a name. And if it has a two behind it, switch to a one. If it has a one, just delete his name completely out of there. We'll, so, uh, we'll flip a coin for it. No, you'll pick first. You'll pick first for the Daytona 500. Since you're going to win the championship. Yeah. You'll get the first pick for Daytona 500. And you know what? Let's. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I actually was listening uh, once again to uh, Lap Traffic podcast. And he, your, your boiled comments. Mm-hmm. I, was laughing, I was laughing so hard. I shot myself into a freaking asthma attack. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I was listening to Lap Traffic podcast. And he has it set up, and it's so cool. And I'm gonna send him a message and see. You know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes or anything. We're not competition for any other podcast. We're just kind of doing no, our own thing. That's that's a, that's a whole other <laughs> level of podcast from us too. That's, oh yeah, for sure. They're well on their own thing. We just like listen to it. I kind of want to see if maybe if you know some of our listeners, such as Drew Vinsel or. Uh, Barry Frost or Big Underscore Bane. Hey, Mr. Bill Benes can even come. You know, fully posable. Brian Breaker, anybody. If they want to get in on this, we should make it where the winner, the highest average finisher, gets an actual in the marbles 2023 point standings champion, like a trophy. trophy. Yeah, I I will I will figure that out. As I will pay for everything if you do all the math. Oh, trophies are not hard to get. I know. That's I mean, why I said I'd pay are, for it. Yeah. It's like they're, <laughs> it, it's just an engraving on it and a little little car on top of it. The the yeah. standard car that all the dirt tracks use for their trophy topper. It's funny the because old, my old Camaro looking car up top of it. It's actually funny because uh, when we were little, my siblings would go, I believe this is how it went. My siblings would do soccer. And the soccer trophies were race cars. Were they? <laughs> so I know exactly how to how to make this happen. But it's man. like they only have one mold, too. Right? Yeah. Only when one. I was a kid, Chuck Moore, one of my local favorites, when I was like maybe nine years old, he won a ton of trophies, right? And he kept them all up there on a table in his living room. Just yes. and I got to look at them all, and they're all holographic blue, holographic red. This one's yellow. This one's gold. This one's holographic black with checker flags on it. But they're all, they all have a year on it. The little plate on the, on the base of it that says uh, the class and the date. Or just, maybe might just say uh, like novice series winner or something like that. You know, street stock series winner, feature winner, heat right. winner. You know, they have all these different size trophies. Some of them are two layers high. Some of them are three layers high. Some are just one layer high. Yeah, all of them have that exact same little gold car on top of it. And I'll yeah. be danged. I go to race twenty something years later. I'm getting trophies with that same the stupid same little one. car on top of it. Amazing. Yeah, it's like they only have one mold, and we both know what car we're talking about. It's like oh, gold yeah. car that yep. has this like triangle thing poking out the back of it, like yep. underneath it, and it sits on like a little circle base, circle, you know, connection yep. on top of the the top base of it, and it looks like a I want to say it's Camaro, but I don't know if it's Camaro or not. It's something similar to that. Yeah. It's like a generic looking thing. But we both know what we're just talking about. That's hilarious. It doesn't matter yeah. where it is. So make this like you want to just throw the gauntlet out now, 2023. If there's any other podcasting drafting partners or listeners of the show, that's you know your friends, my friends, everybody's invited. If but you have to be signed up by what Daytona 500 or the Clash. 
I say the clash. Uh, okay. I, I say we don't do the clash as part of it. We start with the Daytona 500. I don't. I don't like okay. the idea of not starting with the biggest race. Yeah, that's totally fine with me. Like the clash should be like a practice run. Okay. Or something then, like that, and then the official thing will start. But I say by the clash. All right, sounds good. So if you guys are interested in this, if you're a, if you're a podcast drafting partner for one, please send us your ads commercials. We are dying for those BT dubs. Um, but if you're interested in joining our, what would, what do we need to call this? The, the uh, we'll uh, brainstorm that. We'll brainstorm yeah. it. We don't need to put us on the spot right now. We'll brainstorm that. So we'll, if you're interested in that, shoot us a message. Let's get it signed up. Let's and hey, you might win a you might win a trophy. You know, I know one of these Caitlin local Vince, dirt track racing trophies we're talking about. Yeah, I mean Caitlin Vinsel. I mean, I know she's she's won a trophy now, but hey, this is your opportunity, Caitlin. Let's go. <laughs> um, before we get to the uh, podcast drafting partners to get out of here, you have a giveaway. I have a giveaway. Yes, it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's a limited edition. I think it's Fanatics. Dale Earnhardt Sr. Funko Pop. It's the one that came out a couple months ago. It's in that traditional, original, black Earnhardt GM Goodwrench style of fire suit. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't say, obviously, it doesn't say GM Goodwrench. I think it says... Probably says Intimidator, right? It says Intimidator on the fire suit, but it says Dale Earnhardt on the hat. Uh, We are going to... I actually so to uh have a tweet in our drafts on twitter all you have to do is just hit send uh okay or tweet i guess but i don't have anything drawn up for facebook so okay, if i'll just probably want, just copy it and put yeah it co- yeah copy and paste it that's fine so the rules do you want to explain the rules sure um if you go to the uh in the marbles twitter account at in the marbles pod you will see a tweet when this episode drops tomorrow morning or this morning, this morning when it drops, when you listen to this episode, you'll probably see a tweet. All right. It will give you instructions on what to do on Twitter. There's two ways to enter on Twitter. You can follow us, like, and retweet the post. That's a standard thing. Everybody does that. Follow, like, retweet. Those, Those three things together will get you an entry. If you go to our Facebook account, in the Marbles podcast or in the Marbles with Soda and Ethan on Facebook. And you see that post. If you comment on that post saying uh, entered or hey, or what say whatever you want to, I don't care. If you make a comment on that post, that's a bonus entry. Yes. So you have a chance to enter twice. If you really, really want this Earnhardt pop, which I mean, who doesn't want Dale Earnhardt stuff, right? Right. If you really want this Earnhardt pop, there's two ways to enter, and it counts as double entries. Just wait for the post. It'll be up, and when it's up, go do it. Yeah, and for all my Facebook friends, such as John Brown, and you know, if you uh, if you only have Facebook, all you have to do is just find that post on Facebook under In the Marbles Facebook page, comment something, and you are entered. You can yeah, win. Yeah, you don't have to have both. Yes, it's no, one or the other. But if you have both, you get double entries. Yes, that's the point of it. So we will announce that on next episode show? twenty. Yeah, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Episode now this 27. is a lot of a lot of pressure because we've had what two giveaways already, and both of them have been won by Joe. 
<laughs> I think uh, Demon Killer ninety three on Twitter. Uh, we're not really one hundred percent sure exactly when we're going to record. We tend to try to record on Wednesday nights. Yes, that's kind of messed up once in a while, just from different schedules and different things going on. So. It could be next Wednesday when the contest ends. It could be next Friday when the contest ends. Who knows? It's, Whenever we record, that's when when we start to record, we'll get all the names down. That's when the contest will end. So even if you don't, if you think you're too late, do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. If you're because, listening to this on Mon- on, on uh, Saturday, go do it right now. Like right, right now. <laughs> don't waste time. Go do it right now. But uh, that's an excellent giveaway, and that's all Ethan right there. That's all Ethan's doing. So appreciate that, man. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we want to thank the podcast drafting partners. Uh, you know, before I do that, I got a bone to pick with Bill Venus. Oh, hey, that's our boss. Dude, melted. No, no. He smelted our titles. Listen, that man has a plan, okay? And he's, he's, he's paying our paychecks, pal. Are you wait? Are you getting paid for that? I I haven't gotten paid since it quit. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I haven't gotten paid since we quit either. So, yeah. I mean, but we're but, the tag champions. We're the tag team champions, pal. We need to change our name though. If ever if it ever comes back up, we got to change our name to In the Marbles. Well, I, I'm pretty sure we could probably talk to you yeah know, someone about that. But yeah, absolutely. What was our What was our team name? The Pit Crew. The pit crew, that's right. <laughs> I have my I still have my t-shirt that says Ethan Chambers burning rubber. And I'm like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I never did buy one of my t-shirts. What? I know. I did I don't hardly ever buy any t-shirts. I hate that. I just I don't do it. I, I get so wrapped up in oh the LJN Coliseum collection elites or ultimates are coming out. Oh, the re- new retros are coming out. I get so wrapped up in that stuff. I don't even think about buying t-shirts. But, but hey, we have t-shirts if you would like to buy our t-shirts. Absolutely. <laughs> Whatamaneuver.net. Search by store in the marbles. Oh, we have three great designs. Go check them out. Great for going to your local track. I know. I've done it. I've and it twice. You know what? Who knows? Maybe maybe you'll see one of our logos on a, on a local dirt track. You got to go out to the dirt tracks and see. You know, I was looking at the Talladega uh broadcast and i did see us walking around pre-race on pit road did you yeah you couldn't tell it was us but i knew it was us because it was i was i was holding the kid and there were two kids and my wife was there right so it was a group there all in gray shirts except for my youngest got a white and a marble shirt but we're all there in gray shirts walking around pit road in front of the cars right after driver intros they didn't show a single driver introduction oh really yeah it all happened during commercial Oh. But they showed the scatter right after it. And that was us going down, going up pit road or across pit road right behind the stage to the wall you, in between you, the pits. You know it's you just because that's what Cold Stone oh, – gosh dang it. Wow. Cold, okay. cold Soda said so. <laughs> I, man, it sounded so much cooler in my head. I was trying to say Stone Cold, but – it's a, I was trying to say cold soda. and it, You made fun of me for boiled peanuts. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> you made fun of me for the way I say boiled peanuts. And that's the bottom line. And then you threw out cold <laughs> stone soda or something. I don't know what you did. Cold soda said so. <laughs> Lord knows. I need sleep, pal. 
Well, we about to get out of here. Uh, thank the drafting uh, podcast drafting partners. Uh, run down the list real quick. Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. The Drunk Wrestling History Podcast. Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. The Lap Traffic Podcast. Jason Wolf and his uh, podcast Howling with the Wolf. Right? Yes. yes. I keep getting with and at. No. Howling with. Howling with. with the Wolf. You yes. howling the Wolf. I need to snap, snap out of that. Um, also great artist. Uh, check out his, um, chop shop. Absolutely. Excellent stuff. Uh, and, uh, outsiders beer co run by uh, big underscore Bane who does our intro music and has a killer album out right now that I listen yes. to a lot. Oh my gosh. Me too. Oh, I, I love mean, it. I'm by myself so much in my current job in the truck right now. And that album just, it kicks. Yes. It's just, it's so good. But uh, check out his outsiderbeerco.com. It has uh, beard oils, bombs, and scented candles for the Halloween season, too. Yeah. And uh, who you got? So I got Breaker and Bane's Power Hour with Brian Breaker and, and Big Underscore Bane. You know what's fake, right? With Brian Breaker, TB Toycast, which has been hitting my feels. I, was, I just texted Brian and Travis about possibly – Getting into some Batman collections, you know, hmm. of action figures and stuff. Really like that stuff. Go check out TB Toycast with Brian Breaker and Travis Fowler. Of course, no holds barred with our boss, the legendary Bill Venus. Uh, <clears throat> what? That's fine. Go ahead. I mean, he runs the show, pal. I'm just I'm watching him. I uh, I love I, I now I don't know why confession time. I haven't listened to Bill Benis's podcast since like uh, episode or season. Was it season six now or season five? I don't know what season they're on, but I, think I have, on. I have, I am caught up to what they, what they're doing right now. Yeah. So he's only had, I think this is season six, uh, only three episodes so far in season six. I listened to all three of them and they inspired me so much that I actually started at episode, the trailer and episode one season one i'm all the way to almost to season two uh just binge listening to it i love that show you will too go check out in uh in the marbles with so many yeah. in the marbles with bill Venus. uh no holds barred with bill Venus. of course our friends over at tales with the oh my gosh tales from the estates you know i'm tripping on words man uh drew and his wife caitlin i love that show always interactive with us just much love to them and also pulling up a chair with tim at a chair shot uh awesome well, that awesome was the hardest one to get right and you got that one right i know what was i saying they always mess that one up a, a chair shot with a chair shot or something pulling up a, yeah yeah a chair shot with tim pulling it up <laughs> yeah uh so definitely go check out that i still think that they have that contest for that ultimate hulk hogan right now did you enter that i did you did okay. I did too. So, well, uh, I mean, well, full disclosure, I can say I I have that figure, but my kids also want it. So if I oh, win it, it's going to the kids. Gotcha. Also, we cannot forget about our friends over at Rowdy Energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan, Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR. Um, also, I do have some Instagram shoutouts to some of the, some of our new followers. I don't think this is a real person, but we're going to go with it anyways. It's Charlotte.Marketing. 
Um, shout out to that follow. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure this is a real person. Uh, writer underscore James underscore zero nine started following us. Hmm. Um, uh, reffing it up with Brian Hefner. Hebner? Hefner. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude. I need sleep. Uh, reffing it up with Brian Hebner with a B. Uh, started following us a while ago. I need to go back and re- uh, follow them back. But other than that, I believe that is all I have. And anybody that's still listening this far into the show and you have a podcast and you're one of these drafting partners we talk about all the time, make a little commercial. Yes, make, make a little small. It ain't got to be as, as, as good as what Tim did. Tim made an awesome one. Tim made a really good one. It ain't got to be like all overproduced and stuff like that. Just make make a little commercial. Make something a little fun, a little 30-second thing. It ain't got to be crazy. We'll put it in the show if you're one of these podcast drafting partners. If, if you're not, you know, well, we're going to rate. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Listen, if you, even if you're not someone that we shout out, if you want to be recognized, you know, you want us to plug you something, whether it's, uh, uh, I don't know. Roberto's taco commercial. <laughs> hey, we can air that. You just send us a little 30 second, 45 second little clip and we're, we're going to put it in. Uh, if it seems like we're being pushy about it, hey, we just want to support our friends. You know, we want to get your guys' podcast uh, out there. We really like the way the uh, the show flows with that. Just the one commercial in there. Just imagine yeah. how it, oh. it, it flows well hearing from other people. I know you put out the thing uh, for Bill Benis to to do one for his yeah. show since there might be a chance that he'll plug us in the future. If maybe who knows, who knows if he'll do that or not, but you know, if he does, I'd, I'd love to have a commercial of his on here. That'd be really cool. Could uh, you imagine? Oh, that would be so funny. We uh, went through all the social media stuff earlier. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are the same at in the marbles pod. Check out Facebook in the marbles with soda and Ethan and look for those posts and follow the directions in the posts and enter to win the giveaway. And we talked about the shirts there too at watermaneuver.net. And before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? South Point 400, uh, October 16th, which is this Sunday, 1.30 p.m. on C, uh, not CBN, it's N- NBC. <laughs> CBN. Well, I have dyslexia and life sucks sometimes. Uh, we're racing from Las Vegas. Don't miss it. It's playoff. It, it's you can't miss it. Uh, other than that, as always, peace, love, all the above. I thought you were gonna say that race was on CBS. I, well, I I don't know what I was. I don't know that where race I was hasn't going. been on CBS in like twenty five years. What did I, I say? That's what you're gonna do. In CBS, you said CBN. Oh, what is that? CBN. Oh, I literally, backwards. I literally read it back. Yeah, that explains it. So if there's anybody that doubts my dyslexia, boom. <laughs> Not anymore, pal. All right, with that, we'll see you next time in the Marvels.